Welcome to the Stacking Slabs podcast. Join Brett to get the latest sports cards investment advice, hear from industry experts that are deep in the trenches, and find out when to turn left when the rest of the market is going right. Get eBay ready, get PayPal ready. Let's be students of the game and stack those slabs. What is up? Welcome back to Stacking Slabs, your hobby content alternative. I'm your host, Brett McGrath. I'm ready to get into this. Welcome. Long-time listener out there, stand up, represent. Thanks for coming back. Jam-packed, full episode, getting ready to get into it. I just want to say from the top, shout out to all the grandparents out there. We got some away time as I record this on Sunday, WrestleMania Sunday, if you will. Got a chance to go out to lunch, just my wife and I. Got some burgers. Shout out Brew Burger. Man, my stomach is full as I record this. Um, I am just feeling really good. I ate my burger in like two seconds. If you're ever coming in town to Indianapolis, Mass Ave, Brew Burger, it's where it's at. Some good stuff. Yes, I got fries. Yes, salt those babies up. Get the ketchup. If I'm doing this thing, I'm doing it right. Cannot have a nice, juicy burger without some French fries. So I had a hearty lunch, and I had a hearty a bunch of other stuff yesterday. On the first night of WrestleMania, I freaking love WrestleMania season. And if you're out there and you're a wrestling degenerate like me, you enjoyed yourself. WWE over delivered. I am still thinking about that Becky Lynch and Bianca Belair match. One of the better matches that I can remember on the WrestleMania stage in quite some time. Shout out Women's Revolution. They're good. Cody coming in, Cody returning, that was ridiculous, stone cold. I mean, Ronda and Charlotte threw it down. I don't know what they're going to do today. All I know is I have woken up after I've eaten the burger, and I've been acknowledging him. I've been acknowledging him, my tribal chief, who will go on to face Brock Lesnar tonight. Title versus title. We'll already know the winner of what happened on the other side of this, but I've got my bloodline t-shirt on. I'm a full mark mode walking around downtown Indianapolis with just all my gear on. I look ridiculous, but isn't that what you do for something you love? I love professional wrestling. You know what else I love? I love vacation, and I'm getting a chance to get out for a little bit, man. Hit the beach. It's been a while. I feel like everybody has been on vacation in spring break but me and my family, and we're getting a chance to get away towards the end of this week. But don't you worry, I always keep that content machine ripping, and that is what I'll do with Stacking Slabs. So I'll try to get the episodes, keep them rolling, be mindful of that. Consistency is everything. I think just being consistent in the hobby is an important thing, and it is something as a content creator that I just like to do professionally and uh, side hobby, which is the hobby for me. Um, so a lot going on. I'm just thrilled. You know, the thing about we, we there's a, I'm going to be talking about some quotes from some people in the community today. Just talking about the hobby, talking about it expanding, talking about what's happening with the hobby mainstream, talking about nostalgia and how it hooks you in. And I had this moment of nostalgia earlier this week and I was, there's this period of time where I get done with work, nanny leaves, I'm hanging out with baby, waiting for my wife to get home from work. So we can do the whole bedtime thing. It's kind of daddy-daughter time. It's it's quite fun. And so we were kicking it. I'm having some laughs. 
And my dad called me and we were chatting and he was, he, he made mention to me. He was like, are you looking forward to WrestleMania this weekend? And I said, of course, dad, you're hip on it. You must've seen something in, uh, media and, and to let you know that WrestleMania was happening this week. And we got to chatting and he asked me, he said, what number are they on right now? And I said, dad, you will, this is going to blow your mind a little bit, but we are 30 years removed from when you took me to WrestleMania in the Hoosier Dome, WrestleMania 8, Hogan, Sid, Flair, Macho, Warrior Return. 30 years ago, man, time flies when you're having fun, but I've been hook, line, and sinker ever since. I love it. It's my escape. escape. Um, I had my calendar block this weekend so I could just enjoy it. And man, I have um, really got a chance to enjoy it. And on the hobby side, I will say, I got to thank my man, Greg, you know him on Instagram at the Pack Profits. He said, hey man, I know it's WrestleMania weekend. I'd love to do a hobby happy hour. Go check out his page. He does these hobby happy hours with people in the community. And he's like, it's WrestleMania. I'd love for you to come on and talk about wrestling cards a little bit. And so I did that and it was, it was fun. I always have a good time. Um, we you know, were all dressed up to the nines for Mania, but Good conversation, fun conversation. I was showing off some some of my cards, talking about what was happening with Prism coming out. More on that. But, you know, at the end of it, he said, you know, the market has grown rapidly in a short time. And more or less, he was asking me, you know, you've got a platform, you're talking about it. Like, basically, what? how do you view your role in this and just making sure that, you know, when things go crazy, you're, you know, more or less, he didn't directly say this, but that you're, you know, you're being responsible with how you communicate with your audience. And I thought it was a great question. I think this is really good. And there's a good opportunity here for me to just hit it head on in the market is growing. People are coming in. It's expanding. I'm going to be talking about wrestling cards always just what I collect. I think I can share some experience. Even if you're not a wrestling fan, I can share experiences through what I'm going through and how I'm operating and things I'm learning. And that can just be part of the show. But I think at the end of the day, influence is strong. And whether you like it or not, people will go hear something and come in and start buying cards. And then people might misconstrue it and say, well, this guy's talking about wrestling cards. And um, you know he's trying to do this in the best because of self-interest. And this is just the narratives we get wrapped up on in the hobby with just pumping and dumping and all of those other sorts. And my take on it is this. I think I have spent the last two years trying to be as consistent as possible, as genuine as possible. And if you don't know that I'm a wrestling fan by now, then I don't know. I don't know what else to tell you. But I do know that just being a content creator and someone who people like I'm still blows my mind that you come out every week and listen to my show, engage with me on social media. I, I take that very seriously in the position there. And, and my, my big thing is just education, making sure that I love to see markets expand and grow, but I also don't, I like just like rule of thumb in the hobby, whether it's wrestling cards, F1, basketball, football, baseball, hockey, anything in between Marvel, it's, you gotta have a strong connection with what it is. And if you don't have a co- strong connection, then you're probably going to get burned on the other side of it. So I think for me, it's mindfulness. It's mindfulness about how I communicate about what I like. It's mindfulness to let people know that, yes, if if you are getting involved, there needs to be some education on the other side of it. And I think the, the, the sad part about it is, is the education component. And I think the most important piece that 
we should be leaning on for new people entering and for people that have been in the hobby for a while but might be changing lanes. Um, we don't talk about that enough in the hobby. And I think that is something that the mainstream, the attention uh, grabbers, the people who are looking for more, 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 now, 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 clicks, views, subscribers, all of those quantities type metrics, um, don't necessarily think about the um, the quality type metrics. And those are the things that are really going to build connection, build uh, engagement, and build your brand over a long time. And so while I call this show the hobby content alternative, I do it very intentionally because I'm trying to be mindful about the topics, how I approach them, because it's not what I'm seeing on the other side or um, for the most part, people with bigger, better, better platforms. So bigger, better, come on, better than you and you know it. Had to throw an MJF quote out there. Um, I love talking with other people in the community. I just wanted to say thanks to Greg for having me on and asking me the question because it is something that I think a lot about and will be very, very mindful of as we move forward with what is happening in the wrestling card space. I mentioned quantity versus quality, and I think this is a topic I want to hit head on right now. I mentioned this time and time again. I do this, this whole podcast thing, this whole create content, this whole go-to-market strategy. I do it professionally. I do it for a startup. I've been, this is what I do for a living. It's my comfort zone, safe space. I enjoy it. I'm a, I'm a marketer marketing to marketers about software products. It's just kind of my lane. It's how I pay the bills at the crib. It's how I keep the lights on. Been doing it my whole life. I actually have more fun. Uh, it's fun, but I have way more fun um, kind of just doing it for fun in the hobby. So just taking some of those skills uh, from my professional side and applying them to the hobby, which is something I encourage everyone to do. It's like we all have our skills. We all have things about what we do professionally that if you you know you point them in the hobby, it probably gives you a, a leg up in front of someone else. I think it's if you have an opportunity, sharing those experiences and, and, and letting people know how you can how you can look at things maybe a little differently. I, I want more people to do that, and so I, I try to like do that every every time I hop on and record one of these episodes. But just a little bit about just like the work front. Uh, I was employee number two at my current company. I started and was the marketing guy before you know we even had a product. And really, what my whole goal has been from day one at starting at my company is I need to get into the mix. And yeah, I'm a marketer, marketing to marketers, but I want to understand the motivations and desires of um, these individuals. And the best way that I can do that is by having conversations and meeting people online, meeting people in, on Twitter, Slack communities, other social groups, you name it, and then just having these one-to-one -one conversations. And so for me, a lot of what I've done professionally, and this is going to apply to the hobby, but a lot of what I've done professionally over the last year and a half has really just been, while I do have a content platform, I'm, I'm creating content, I have a podcast, all these things, um, and, and really building the brand for my current company, the, the main priority and the main value that I, I believe I'm bringing our organization regularly is just uh, having these uh, conversations and, and bringing the insights back into the organization. And so I've spent the last year and a half, had 200 plus conversations exploring a topic that I think can apply to the hobby too. And this is the quantity versus quality game. Uh, on the work front, it's quality versus quantity when it comes to content. We are a content uh, distribution and discovery platform. What my startup does 
And so this applies a lot with the way we think about content today um, in the hobby. And so I, I did not expect it to bleed over to the hobby, but I think using a similar methodology to explore how content resonates and what resonates and is it uh, pumping out more is it, or is it more focusing on quality is something that just I'm interested in exploring in the hobby. And I'll be sharing what I learn out in future episodes. And I did not have to really wait too long to start having this conversation and talking about it. And I'm like everyone else, like everyone else in the hobby, you know, you got your Instagram account, you're messaging people, you're seeing people's stories. And for me, a couple of stories hit me this week from that. I actually, you know, did the deal where you, you know, you can't repost someone's story if they don't tag you. So I just like cut it out and just post it in my story. And for me, a lot of the times I do that because I think it's good stuff, good perspective, but it's also like when I'm building out my show, I go back to my archive and think about what had happened the week before and what are things that I wanted to call out. Some of the things that I want to call out here, two thoughts, both of them, which are from uh, the card ladder team. But I think you know, if, you, if you're on Instagram, Chris posted something that I thought was good and it hit me and I believe this. But he said, there are no more sneakerheads or retail flippers to bring in. The next phase of the growth for the hobby will require convincing serious investors that this is a legitimate asset class. I'm going to paraphrase some of this, the rest of this, but he really asks us to pretend if we're serious investors thinking about coming into sports cards, what do we do? Well, I did this and remember vividly going through this experience. And I, I, when I jumped back into cards, I viewed it from that lens of I'm going to do my research first before I start taking action. So I started going to YouTube and Google and doing all these things that we do to research. And I think the mainstream of the hobby, it's building for quantity and they're building for quantity um, to hit the algorithms, to get people's attention, to try to cast a wide net for everyone that's coming in. And it's, they're doing this and trying to do more in this in conflict with quality. And I think they 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 neglect and here's my biggest beef with the hobby mainstream right now is like there is they neglect to whether it's content business whatever. They neglect to service the collector. And this is like who I'm hoping that's listening on the other side who I'm communicating with is the collector. And so the collector is the foundation for our hobby. They're the people that are spending 100k and above 50k 10k it doesn't matter like but these are the people who are spending big money at some of these auction houses and there it blows my mind you have a bunch of people that are in the game that are the ones who've been here for a while that are collector driven and we don't have enough mojo in the hobby to service these people and so a couple things that bug me is this comment about it this is great for the hobby it's bringing in new people. That is such like the most generic like response that I've been seeing over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's not great for the hobby if you're bringing people in for a flash and they're losing money and leaving. Another quote to come from Josh of Card Letter that represents this. That's not great for the hobby. It's actually really bad for the hobby. And I think it's very narrow-minded to say just because something happened and it's a big event and the hobby is associated with it, that it's great for the hobby. I mean, did anyone see any of those headlines from the mainstream 
sources regarding Drake's box break about pulling these Jordans like they were like relics of an impossible to get. Oh my, they pulled five Jordans and look at this box. It's like anyone else who's been in the hobby for quite some time knows how these hobby boxes are configured. And so it's just, it look, it's a bad look on the hobby with what you're casting out is something that happened but is positioned in a way to get people to think that you can go make a million bucks by just ripping up a, a box of a flare. And you know what? Drake did it. So you do it too. Like, I don't think so. There's no um, sense of urgency around education and nurturing these people. Like that's a problem. And as, as someone who operates on the startup SaaS business front, it's, it's one KPI is new people entering and new people coming into your audience you can't let that just churn out the bottom and someone can sign a contract, but that if you're not servicing them or nurturing them and making sure that you're building that relationship, then they're just going to churn. And then so that contract that you got up front is just going to bleed over and it's just going to be a bad thing. And so it screws up your whole operation. And so I view that from this lens of like people just saying, oh, people are coming in. This is great for the hobby. When in fact, you look at the bottom and people are falling out the other side. I think we can do better. I think clown show content in the hobby is not nurturing or helping. And this mainstream clown show content needs to be put to bed at some level, or we just need to do a better job of saying, you know what? This stuff sucks. And I will be someone who will go on record on my show when something happens, like the stupid break where we've got people taking off their shirts and you know, we say it's good for the hobby and plenty of people did ROI case studies on just how bad of an event this was, not only from a perception and just casual person coming in and looking at it, but then just financially, just how terrible of an event it was. So that's one thing. I just love that quote just about, it doesn't matter. It really doesn't matter if there's a bunch of new people, if we're not servicing them, then that's a problem. Second quote is something I believe in and the way it was published on his page. It was like, man, these are like thoughts that I've been thinking about. And I think I've even heard Josh say this, but he said, the hobby will be most successful long-term through organic growth and genuine interest. By artificially inflating values, you just end up burning people and they leave the hobby. Just what I just said. In order to keep them, we need to guide people towards cards they will love and get nostalgia for a year from now. Drake will remember this as the time he lost a lot of money and I can relate. Maybe I didn't lose million dollars or whatever the hell is flawless tab is at this point. But when I got back in the hobby, I did not have the right education because I came in, I went on YouTube and I was searching and just the way our hobby is being positioned about what you should do when you come in is not great. And I lost a ton of money up front. I was buying hobby boxes. I was ripping. I was looking for Zion. I was looking for John ja- ja Morant. And I just think to myself, man, if I had those six months back, and I had that money back, what would I be doing now? And I think the hobby forever is a learning experience for everyone, but it's for people who know better, who have been there and are doing that and continue to put out shitty content and continue to give people bad vibes and bad education because they have self-interest. That's when we need to rally as a group of collectors and start calling out their bullshit and really focus in on the core elements and the People, the education, and the thoughts that we appreciate, that we know, we follow, and we gravitate to because it makes us better. So the more I can curate those thoughts and opinions on this show to help the collector out 
whether that's someone who's just coming in, someone who's been here for a minute, or even someone who is a hobby vet, I will do it. And so I said last week, we need more people talking about it, calling it out. And these are two examples. Who's going to be next? Who is going to be next? Who's going to share that opinion, share that thought? Tag me. Tag me in that shit. I'm going to screenshot it and I'll stash it away for the next episode. And I view my role in this process as someone who's trying to facilitate the conversation to help the collector out. And that is what I'm going to do. When as a community can we get serious and stop these charades? When as a community can we start building and developing around the individual that is the foundation of our hobby? This is you. This is the person out there listening to Stacking Slabs. Okay? The hobby mainstream sucks because it doesn't service the collector and I will do whatever I can in my power to change that through my content and through my actions. We had some news coming this week. Speaking of wrestling cards, and here is some narrative. And so what I'm going to do is just tell you what my plan is. I'm not here and I'm not going to report on a bunch of shit and speculate, but I'm going to tell you what my plan is with this news, okay? Because it's important to me and it's important to people who are in the space that I'm in, and I want to make sure that they're educated, okay? So there's news this week from Fanatics. W- Fanatics and WWE are engaging in a wide-ranging partnership that in- involves e-commerce, licensed merchandise, NFTs, oh brother, and what do you know, trading cards. This summer, Fanatics will reintroduce the power, empower the WWE shop, which I saw that it makes sense. Fanatics powers every NFL, every NBA, all those shops. So it just makes sense for them to go. The, the, from a revenue stream perspective, WWE shop is a, a massive revenue stream for that company. And I get it. So the Panini deal ends 2026. And once again, it'll flip to Fanatics. It'll flip to tops with the Fanatics um, acquisition. Okay. So I think, what does this mean? I think it's amazing to me how many people don't read. Okay. This is, we got to be better readers in the hobby. Okay. People just see headlines and create stories. I saw people saying things this about this this week that was here's the headline. Okay. This is the last year for Prism. You know, even though Prism first off the line just went through, people are excited. Hobby boxes, people will be ripping packs the whole nine, people will be selling. But that was a story, which was, wasn't true. Did you read the story? It says 2026. And I think we can do better as a hobby. I'm working to get someone from Panini on here to discuss it from their perspective, okay? (laughs) So this is my solution. I want to bring voices on to this show so so they can share their perspective. How about about from the collectability perspective, okay? Because that's what we really care about, okay? So this can be like, you can be a wrestling person. You can not be a wrestling person, but stuff is changing. And this is an example of change. I think I like living in a world where there's a history through multiple manufacturers. Okay, football card collecting, this is what I've got. I collect Peyton Manning, Colt stuff. It's in Topps Chrome. If I wanted shiny cards in Broncos gear, there's Topps Chrome stuff, but then then I'm moving into some Panini products with Prism. I'm, I look at, as someone who's coming in on Matt Ryan, I, I said this to my brother. Um, shout out McGrath's cards. Go give him a follow. There you go, Kyle. I was evaluating Matt Ryan's cards, okay, and what I wanted to collect. And I, when he came into the league to now, I, I view his cards, and it's incredible. It is incredible because he's got Topps Chrome, Topps Finest, he's got Prism. I mean, it's great. Like, I love that. And so from a collectability, does it, ha- another thing I saw, does it help or hurt the value of Prism knowing that this is, you know, 
this relationship is going to end in 2026. I, I think it's hard to speculate, but I also know collectors like me like the option. They like the whole body of work. And knowing that I have Topps Chrome, then I've got some Prism coming. In, then I've got Topps Chrome again. I think that's exciting. I think change really is forever. And I think the conversation is always um, good. It's always good to look at these changing events and knowing that licenses don't last forever. Okay. They just, it's not the way it works, but things move around. But the more that we can pull out information, bring people on who actually know the story, it's what we should be doing. And that's what I'll be doing on this show. I want to thank Mikey, Mikey.sportscards. Appreciate that episode. Hopefully that got you excited and geared up for football. I thought he had a, a bunch of good nuggets in there. I want to br- shout out Lauren LF Goalie 31. She is a ridiculous Brady collector. Having her on the pod this week. Sharing a female voice too, I think is a good thing. It's an important thing, especially in some of the some of the last three weeks and you just go to her page and she's got a Brady collection. So I want to, that's very, very nice. So I want to talk to her about that. Another thing I want to just say, just as WWE Prism is dropping and I'm getting more messages than ever, I think, and I said this somewhat up front, but two things, make sure you actually give a shit about pro wrestling before you jump in. Like most things, if you have no passion, you likely will see zero gains in the long run. Also, make sure you get educated and find the people who've been here for a while. Wrestling card community is amazing, very collector-driven. People sell their stuff, but it's mostly to move up. The Prism checklist is ridiculous. There's so many ways to collect. I am trying so hard for me to prepare for this storm coming in, but it's so fun and it's so exciting. And we're checking searches, building out what's going to pop. And I just think that's what's so much fun. I even threw... Cards back to Worf this week. He's my consigner, Worf Sports Cards, just because I want to make sure I'm prepared. I got a little juice, got a little cash on me if some cards pop up that I want to see. I also want to say congrats to my man, Joey, E-Trader. Man, spending some big money on that gold rock that just sold. 2014 rock gold refractor, hitting an all-time high in a PSA 9. That's awesome. I will... Say, I own this card. It's just crazy when you buy something because you love it and you see what happens with prices on the other end. It's a wild thing, man. There's so much, every day you wake up in the hobby and there's something new to get excited and get pissed off about. I do know that. I want to close out with this. I asked the community. There's a lot of buzz, a lot of happening, a lot of questions about wrestling. But even if you're a wrestling fan or not a wrestling fan, you collect or not, like if you were to jump in and start collecting someone today, who would it be? So I'm going to just, we're going to close out the episode. I just think it's funny. And I got a ton of responses. So I'm going to breeze through these real quick. But I think it's fun. I've not read these. We'll just see how this goes. Okay. One of one collectibles. Hulk Hogan, Andre, or The Rock. Okay. Some big names. DZ Sports Cards. Jimmy Superfly Snuka. Greatest move of all time. And The Coconuts. <laughs> Man, nostalgic there. A bartender straight up. Sting. Sting! who's still wrestling, who's ridiculous. Ty Dawson, Sean for a legend, Santos Escobar for prospecting. I like that. Santos Escobar is a hell of a talent. Robert with a bunch of numbers, Undertaker, cross a generation, isn't sleazy like Hogan. Throwing Hogan under the bus. Shout out Undertaker for probably the best Hall of Fame speech I've ever heard in my life. I was just great. I I cried like a baby. I'm, I'm here to admit it. Nice looking cardboard. Hook. Okay, throwing some AEW names out. I'm ca- I've got ho- I'm caught in the hook fever. Awesome presentation. South Bay collector Gable Stevenson. Why you'll see. I love that Gable Stevenson just 
won his second national championship. He is a signed with WWE. He's going to be on Raw and night one of WrestleMania. Stephanie brought him out. You think there's some big things happening with Gable? I think so. Badger Pride 36. Sting! He always was my favorite as a kid. Great persona, signature move. Love it. GT Gaiden. Bret Hart just started my PC last week because he's the best there is, was, and ever will be. Revolution Russ, John Cena. Stop Russ Stolium, Andre the Giant, because he was one of a kind and nostalgic for me. Cardboard Craig, Roman, so much potential to transcend WWE. A12 beaten John Cena. Joey the E-Trader, because he's safe start. If you're just beginning, you really can't go wrong with Hogan. New York Giants card guy. I already have a small Alexa Bliss PC, but Brock Lesnar will be the next wrestling PC I start. Volin NC cards, Stone Cold, Crush cards, Rock and Brock. Been a fan of Brock for 20 plus years, and The Rock is the GOAT. Frequency high like Spaceship, Goldberg or Sting. The Y is Memories, Bret Hart, childhood favorite from Huckster 86. B. Guzman 88, Bret the Hitman Hart he was and still reminds me of my favorite wrestler of all time. Aiden Cards, Rob Van Dam, 504 Pearson. I thought the introduction of the Shield and how they would be used would be one of the funnest WWE had. I would look for any card involving the Shield where where any of the three members are in Shield regalia. I love the Shield, man. I love the Shield. Zan, it doesn't matter who you start with because wrestling cards are timeless. Great perspective from Zan. Pop count collectibles, Gable Stevenson. It's about half a UFC play two in the future i'm sure i like that mr archer stone cold i was hooked on the attitude era cornerstone collectibles taker coach b 7211 charlotte flair five-star collector cm punk he was the reason i became a wrestling fan his promos were fantastic bear down boiler up you have me searching ebay triple h mick foley undertaker kane rock i'll let you know lol that is an attitude era guy tecmo cards aj styles Future WWE Hall of Famer with a great auto and is underrated. I agree. I got his 2019 Transcendent in the mail this week. Beautiful auto. 90s kid card collector. Ultimate Warrior. My favorite childhood. Just so much nostalgia in this. So much nostalgia in this. Oh boy, we've got so much. Okay. Uh, Heat Vic 47. I just started my wrestling PC. I'm going with Alistair Malachi Black. Thunder Rosa once released. Heartland Hustle Stone Cold. The baddest wrestler in the Attitude Era. Man, he had a hell of a mania. The card, Ashian, Finn Balor, first universal champ with a huge fan base. Finn Balor, super underrated, great guy, big fan. The melting boy, Shawn Michaels, because he's my goat. And taken over NXT as well, or Rhea for current. PK cards, Stone Cold, Vintage Pacers, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Big Rob cards, Edge, signed and slabbed, Hogan, any serious collection has to start there, brother. Ben, Nor, 14 sports cards, Stone Cold or Shawn Michaels. I grew up in the Monday Night Wars area, love DX2. Hell Mary SC, Stone Cold. He is from Texas, where I'm from, and was just a badass in the ring and out. Kevin M. Cormier, Stone Cold, my kind of icon, no alliance. Card Trader 77, Stone Cold, trading card finds Christian. Kenny Cards, Triple H, because I love DX. Exquisite sports collectibles, tribal chief, God mode. We the ones, brother. E.S. Scully Sports Cards, Hogan. Holy cow, there's so much nostalgia. What a response, what a reaction. I just love how people are getting excited. Hopefully you're off to a good start this week. Hopefully you're enjoying the hobby. Hopefully you're finding an opportunity to give back. 
If you like what you're hearing over here, hit the subscribe button. Tell a damn friend you're enjoying the Stacking Slabs podcast, bringing it each and every week. I'm coming back to you with another episode this week with Lauren. Ridiculous Brady collection. I'm excited. Hope you are too. Take care of yourself. Take care of others around you. I'll be back again soon. Peace.